Welcome to Pleb Chain Radio, a live show brought to you by Plebs for Plebs, which focuses on the intersection of Nostra and Bitcoin protocols. Join QW and Avi as they run down the weekly news and developments, breaking down the current thing and the future frontier with the foundation of decentralization, the builders, thinkers, doers, and plebs. All right, we are live. Welcome, gentle plebs, to episode number 42 of Pleb Chain Radio. The first episode of 24 happens to be number 42. There is something there. And what a show we have for you today. We have a true gentle pleb, Tom Tabor, who joins us to talk about Bitcoin and plant medicine and all the great work he's doing in his retreat in Colorado called Montana Sagrada. Before that, uh, we'll have Marseille from the NOS report leading us through the lightning round. But even before that, we have our sermon. And the sermon for the day is Bitcoin is expanded consciousness. So QW, let me ask you something. Do you feel, did you feel when you finally grasped Bitcoin that there was a mindset shift in you that you started viewing the world differently? I think it's interesting um, because I come from like the Ron Paul acolyte uh, uh, generation, I suppose, where you start to get touched on the sound money thing and you think gold and, you know, the shift of the market and gold and it's hard currency and whatnot. But as you start studying Bitcoin, because that's kind of the first thing, oh, it's a sound money. It's a it's a hard, hard cap, uh, uh, finite supply. You, you know, that's the one thing that first attracts you. But once you start diving into it, um, you start to get into that kind of time, uh, how time is is the asset. Um, and it definitely opens up your mind. That's a whole rabbit hole when you start diving into time theft as well and how that, uh, you know, it correlates with, with, with a finite currency. So, yeah, I would say I definitely um, continue to go down that hole. Um, and it also from Nostra, too. Um, it, it's definitely something that inspires me uh, to, to think internally, uh, along with having a child. I think they coincide where you really start thinking about, um, you know, expanding your time preference. I, that That is, uh, you know, this reminds me of, there was a meme I saw a while back uh, of one person uh, looking at Bitcoin and saying, thank you for changing my life. And then, you know, whatever entity was representing Bitcoin replies saying, I am literally a neutral technology protocol. What are you talking about? But it, it is odd that that's what ends up happening uh, to so many people, right? It, it, I certainly found that in my case, uh, I've, my perspective, as you were saying, it'll be my perspective on life started shifting as I truly started understanding Bitcoin, right? I, I put aside short term consumption um and focus more on long-term thinking it just naturally happened in the process of understanding bitcoin you know and 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 it's not just me i've heard this from several people right uh moving from a scarcity mindset to uh, an abundance mindset and and then to your point how we value time right how how we allocate our time the people we allocate our time to we just realize what a precious commodity time is and understanding time 
in through the lens of Bitcoin uh, really helps with that. And then and then moving past zero sum thinking, there's so much of the fiat world is about if you win, it means someone else is losing. And if someone else is meaning winning, it means you're losing, right? It's a completely zero sum setup. And with Bitcoin, it's it's not it's not that at all. It is a positive sum game because it is a it's an open, interoperable, uh, permissionless protocol. So like a rising tide lifting all boats. If one person wins on Bitcoin, they add value to the network, and that incremental addition of value lifts everyone else up, and then we just feed off each other's success. So it's a it's a beautiful thing, and uh, you know we we'll we'll talk to Tom a little bit about uh, about this in a bit, but just like plant medicine or psychedelics, people people who uh, partake in that, I and I don't speak from experiences. It's not something I've done, but I've heard these stories that they they suddenly go through that psychedelic uh, experience, that transformational experience, and they come out of it completely changed, right? Their perspectives completely changed. In some sense, Bitcoin is like that psychedelic. Once you truly understand it, you come you come on out on the other side, a transformed human being. So, to me, it is a form of expanded consciousness. And I, it's it's interesting to me because when you start to really get into it and you really start looking at the world uh, through that, uh, oh, that's a fiat type of thing, um, it's hard to go back to that. Like when I see a fancy car drive by, I'm like, that's not worth my time to put uh, my my scarcity into that. Um, and, and you almost kind of, it changes you the way you look at life and the way you uh, maybe even judge people. All of a sudden you're judging people on the choices they made, but really they just haven't they haven't got to that consciousness, I suppose, that uh, that maybe plebs have, right? Yeah. No, that's that's certainly right. And and, and maybe QW, I'll end the sermon unless you have something else. But I I just do want to end it on this note of irony, which is Bitcoin as this new, neutral uh, open technology really embodies uh, all all the properties of a perfect money. Right, uh, and we could talk about those properties and attributes ad nauseum, but we'll we'll leave it at that. Uh, meaning, it is it is a study and the 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 perfect sort of ideal of money, if you will, at least that we've seen so far in human history. And yet, the study of Bitcoin and and in effect the study of money uh, helped me realize. That it's it's not all about money, right? It's which is what my life used to be prior, and a lot of people's lives used to be prior to Bitcoin, which is the constant pursuit of of, of uh, accumulating as much fiat as possible, and and then exp- spending it on the short term consumption, uh, thinking that that's going to get you to that some end goal. Typically, it's it's some vague notion of what happiness looks like, right? But uh, but this sort of uh, constant study of money. Help me realize that it's not about money, right? That there is so much more to life, and if money is a and it becomes an incorruptible language that you actually don't need to worry about anymore, you can you can actually focus on on the more beautiful things in life. Right, and all that education, all that transformation you went through, um, you know, you look back and you 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 would almost feel sorry for your past self, right? <laughs> in that place that you were in, yeah. But I need, I guess, 
we all had to go through the journey to reach where we are. Right. And and when we talk about cultures upstream of adoption, um, you know, the more we can reach with this message or this feeling, uh, I think is really how we uh, we, we, we enrich the culture, um, which then enriches the right kind of adoption, I suppose. Yes, indeed. And with that, uh, why don't we hand it over to Marseille for the lightning round? I'm back. All Can everybody- right, Marseille. New year, new year, new you. New year, new mics, I guess. I need new... <laughs> new connection. New... <laughs> Guys, the internet decided to be a new internet today. Okay. I'm here and it's not that different, but it is a different lightning round. I must say that the past few weeks have been a bit slow on Nostra. I guess people have been taking some time off, which is great Um, because everybody deserves time with their family. I hope all of you had a great time with your families as well. Um, So let's get started. Um, One of the biggest news, let's get started with news in the clown world so one of the biggest news that i have for you guys today is that a few days ago javier Milei, which is the newest president of of argentina said that argentina will not be joining BRICS, which is like it was a group of countries that were trying to create their own um cbdc well they're no longer doing that so that's good news um also uh <laughs> The EU, EU um, eh, they're taking out another regulation in 2024 uh, that would standardize USB-C connections, which I don't know why this is such an important uh, news, but I, I do see this, and I'm going to tell you guys why I think this is important news, because this forces Apple to go into the standard for everything as well. So um, I guess for all Apple users, that's something that is interesting to see how some things are getting standardized. I wonder what else is getting standardized. A few months ago, uh, the EU said that told Apple devices, well, told Apple that all of their devices had to let people download things that weren't from the App Store as well. So I feel like the the EU is like in a mission, <laughs> and the mission is to uh, tell Apple to fuck off. Don't know. Um, going back to our, uh, back to, to Noster, which is a much nicer place. There were like some small things that, that, that happened. But to me, one really interesting thing is that Noster, Albi Noster Wallet Connect is uh, now available with any wallet. So this is cool, especially if, if you're a Noster user, you can use Noster Wallet Connect, uh, Albi extension with absolutely any wallet. Uh, so you can get your saps wherever you want. Uh, the other thing about wallets too that I find super interesting and I wonder what the, where this is going is that Mutiny Wallet is um, now supporting Fediment in their wallet for alpha testing. So it's now, Fediment is like a, it's like, well, I don't want all the Fediment people to hate on me, but the best way for me to explain it is that it's like liquid. So um, it's a it's a federation. It has custodians, and they all manage the funds together. I'm not saying it's the same thing. And if you're an expert on Fediment, please go ahead and do do a better explanation, and I'll gladly share it. Tag me on it, and I'll share it. But yes, this is Fediment. Um, 
then another cool thing that happened is well there's there's been tons of like yearly reports i know like everybody's about to release a one-year report on something no store there they're one and i'm sure other ones are coming up another thing that i said was happening and that was pretty cool is that forbes released an article on Bitcoin, right? And the role it has in human rights and global global environment. But it also mentioned Noster in it. So that was pretty cool. We made it to Forbes, guys. Um, Wait a second. <laughs> Didn't uh, SBF make the cover of Forbes? Isn't there like a whole thing where once you make it to Forbes, it's uh, it's bad juju? Once you, make, <laughs> my, once you make it to the cover. We did not make it to the cover, and let's hope we never do. <laughs> we need Avi Burra on the cover of Forbes uh, 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Man of the Year Award. <laughs> yeah, 20 under um, 20, right? Something like that. It's like exactly, the reverse Kramer it. of uh, magazine covers. <laughs> that's exactly what you're doing. Um, there were a lot of like uh, the, like advancements on Noster that we have all the time. But something that's really cool is that I've seen more like content creation stuff. And then Noster that built is doing a a blogging contest. So the it's a the blogging contest is like you write a blog on a Noster native client. So I did mine. I did it on Abla.news, but you can do do it on Abla. You can use Yokihama. There's a, Yokihana. There's a lot of different um, Noster clients that are good for long format. So you can use that. And if you write a, a blog on a Noster based client that supports long format, then you can participate by leaving the link to your to your um, to your blog in the post that Noster that Bill created. But you also have to put in images. So it's about creating content with different types of stuff, which led me to the following thing. And it my blog was just a rant of feelings that I had about things being so we are on Nasser with a lot of people fighting and a lot of people begging. And it was like all over the place. If you guys read it, you'll notice it was a little bit all over the place. But in the end, I said that I wanted to see the Nasser. I wanted to build the Nasser that I wanted to see. And that's that we what we all have to do. So I'm doing a little challenge. It's a 30-day challenge. I post two pictures a day because I am not a good photographer. So I am decided to start doing photography because <laughs> I'm not good. So I'm challenging myself to do 30 pictures uh, at 30 days worth of pictures. And the, the themes are opposites. I still have to upload today. Today is um, chaos versus calmness. So I have to create two pictures that show that exactly. And that is, uh, my, my point with this challenge is that I want people to create what they want to as well. They, if they want to see a Noster, they should create the Noster they want to see. And I invite everyone to do the same. It doesn't have to be pictures. Just put out there what you want to see. And that will create the better place that we all need. Then, um, well, it was Bitcoin's birthday. And I don't think that's something that we should miss. It was Bitcoin's 15th birthday. Bitcoin was a quinceañera this year. Um, and we, oh, man, get the dress out. Yes, exactly. We all needed to dress up uh, to support our beautiful quinceañera. Uh, she's a full-blown teenager right now. Or, yeah, now Bitcoin is a she, because if not, the quinceañera thing doesn't work. So, yeah, full-blown teenager. And that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, um, there was a lot of stuff going on, mostly on people sharing stuff and there's two stories that made an impact on me as well and is that 
two people share their Bitcoin experience. One person from Venezuela and the other person from Turkey, which are two countries that are rid with inflation and like government issues as well, poverty, so many different things. And they both talk about how Bitcoin, the guy from Venezuela says that his whole family left Venezuela and he's the only one that's still able to live there because he was able to make a better life for himself due to having his money with Bitcoin. And then there's this other guy from Turkey, Halamani, who says he understood life, like he, his life changed. And this goes back to Avi and QW sermon on how life, Bitcoin changes the way you see life. Bitcoin changes the way you experience things. And I feel the same way. Like definitely the way I experience life, the way I do things in life have, has completely changed ever since. And this is one of those, those moments where I read things and I realize that I'm on the same spot as these people. And I, and honestly love it and and can't wait this to infect the rest of the world. And last but not least, Aqua Wallet was released. So Aqua Wallet is definitely a wallet for um for users all over the world. It holds liquid, lightning, and USDT on liquid. So that's pretty cool. Um you can get liquid and lightning with with the same QR. It does like um it uses bolts to to exchange from liquid to 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 lightning and so forth so that's pretty interesting i hope you guys check it out as well um and yeah that's basically oh no one more thing and then i'm done i couldn't forget this um so have you guys checked out blink wallet actually created a new plugin that accepts lightning payments to your btc pay server on, and you can have it on your POS, uh, your Bitcoinized POS machine. That's pretty cool. It's like merchants can now accept Lightning payments without having to worry about channel liquidity directly into their POS machines, and they don't have to worry about KYC. So yeah, those all of those things are super important, and I think the world is starting. Maybe development isn't as crazy as it was a year ago, but it's definitely more focused than I can see it on this week's um, news. So yeah, right back at you guys. Back to you, Tom. <laughs> well, 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 before that, QW, just what, I, I do want to say something. I love the Nostra report. It is the only news report that you could hear today or in this week that has no mention of the ETF. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. ETF, you mean and the Fed? <laughs> yes, And the Fed. <laughs> but yeah. we do talk about ending the Fed, I'm sorry. We talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, if we can just stop talking about that, that'd be great. Um, huge, it's just, man, it's been like six months of just never ending, uh, just enough already. But I'm with you, Avi. Yeah, for sure. So, so folks, it is my pleasure to welcome my good friend Tom Tabor. Tom, welcome to Plepchain yes, Radio. Avi. Thank you so much. It's a great honor to be here. Truly, thank you, QW and Avi, for for having me here. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Avi, I got to know where'd you meet Tom? <laughs> I'm trying to remember, Tom. What, I can what, say the first? it was a, it was a bit what boom, I believe, wasn't it the first time or no before then? Uh, it was Pacific yeah. last year, I think. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, the very first Pacific Bitcoin. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then Bitblock boom, and then then Pacific again. 
right? Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, so, Tom, uh, burning question. Did Bitcoin lead you to plant medicine or did plant medicine lead you to Bitcoin? Actually, the latter. That, well, and, and two, well, it's a, I guess it's a more complicated answer than that. Um, okay, I'll make it quick, though. Um, I think it was around 2011 or so. I just spent a year in Thailand and I came back to the U.S. I had two, two acquaintances, friends-ish acquaintances that were Ivy League graduates that were living in an apartment in Hollywood. And I went by and just visited them. I was just kind of touring the country, hanging out with friends, went by. And these guys, uh, I went to their apartment and out on their second story apartment on the patio uh, were a couple of gateway servers that were mining Bitcoin. And I went out and said, guys, you can't have these computers out in your balcony of your apartment. It's going to rain and you're going to ruin them. And they were, you know, they're Ivy League guys. They, they weren't real handy. And so we went to Home Depot and we built a hash hut basically on their apartment uh, balcony with fans and plywood and all this stuff. And they told me about Bitcoin and and I was really curious, really interested, and I didn't buy any. And it was heartbreaking. It was devastating. In fact, I spent, I think I spent thousands of dollars building that iPhone app that went nowhere that was really stupid. And I could have bought a heck of a lot of Bitcoin at the time. And uh, and so that was heartbreaking. And it wasn't until about three years ago, I started dating a woman and she said, hey, Tom, you just got to get over this thing that you didn't do back then and look at it again. And she really helped me see it. And I got into it and I got into shit coins as well. And it took me about nine months to figure out that that was horrible and get off Mount Stupid, as Alex Stanzik calls it, and become a, a hardcore Bitcoin maxi. And and truly, I can say that Bitcoin has changed my life, and I intend for it to change the life, my life for the rest of my life. Like, it may be this protocol that's just a piece of software, but I don't see it that way. I see it as much more than that. I see it as actually a digital life form. I see it as element zero, as Ioni Appleberg puts in this movie. And I see it as a reincentivization of civilization on this planet to be better humans. That's uh, <laughs> beautifully said, Tom. Uh, I love it. Uh, so maybe we could start with a, with an uh, with a broader introduction to start okay. with, right? Which, yeah. which is so you. I mean, you know, you, in your profile, you you call yourself a plant medicine person, right? <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> or, or words to that effect. So, uh, why don't you tell the audience what what you do in in that world, and, and maybe start with the definition. What is plant medicine? That's really good, actually, to ask that question. Yeah. Well, <laughs> plants can be many things to humans, and some of them are really good for humans. Some of them are actually he have deep healing properties of various sorts. I mean, aloe vera. We know that if you put some aloe vera on a cut wound, it can help heal it, for instance. But in the broader definition of medicines, we're talking about a, a class of medicines that are consciousness expanding, I would say. And there's a number of them in there. The one that I'm quite familiar with is the one called ayahuasca. And we can talk about, it's actually two plants mixed together into a tea, a, a vine and a leaf. Um, but there's also other ones, mushrooms, the, particularly the psychedelic mushrooms, uh, the psilocybin and the amanitas. 
um, Wachuma, which is also known as San Pedro cactus, which has a high concentration of mescaline, as well as peyote is a different plant medicine also with mescaline. Um, cacao, which is uh, the basis of chocolate, is another plant medicine. Uh, mapacho, which is a tobacco. So there's these things that can help um, and typically used in a ceremonial setting. It's not like, oh, I'm going to take one of these pills and suddenly be numbed out to my problems. It's more about these are all, uh, what do we call them, uh, ordeal medicines, <laughs> ones that help bring up those things that you're struggling with and showing them very clearly to you so you can help get some insight of how to resolve those in your life. So that's, that's some of it. it part of, I think I missed part of your question. That was plant medicines. How did I get involved? Is that another part of your question? We, yeah, yeah. What is, I mean, this is, uh, it is okay. part of your yeah. bio, right? Okay. So this is what you do, right? Yeah, well, it is a big part of what I do. Uh, I, 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 I guess I'll say this, like five and a half years ago, I was really struggling um, with some long-standing issues in my life. I was like, I was, I was getting so confused as to what was going on within me. I felt like I needed to go to therapy or psychologist, psychiatrist, something like that. And I wasn't sure. And uh, I was about to turn 50. And a friend of mine, she said, you know, I have some some plant medicine friends coming from Colorado. Um, and it was, I was in Texas at the time. And so they said, we're going to have some ceremonies and you might want to participate. And I was like, yeah, definitely. And so I signed up right then, like within five minutes of her telling me this. And it's a few days later, uh, these folks uh, came down and held ceremonies in Texas. And it was profoundly life-changing for me. It was... Um, I guess it was two nights of ceremonies, and at the end of that, I no longer felt like I needed to go to therapy. I was, I was actually becoming a life coach using neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, and after that weekend, I said, oh, actually, that seems like a waste of time. It's, it's not really what's really important to me. Um, like, I would rather have people find ceremony, have people find plant medicines, and have people find this healing that I've just had, and I want to know more about it. So I dove in deep. Um, I visited these these friends in Colorado every so often. Every you know, whenever any sort of ceremony was going on, I'd come up and visit. I'd stay longer over longer periods of time, and then eventually, I just kind of moved into their basement. <laughs> and since then, we've together we've kind of formed a a, a family of choice, I suppose, and. We now have 100 acres in the beautiful Colorado mountains up at 9,200 feet, looking over the backside of Pikes Peak. And uh, we have a beautiful space for holding ceremonies. We have a 40-foot yurt that's this gorgeous, sacred place. And there's six of us that live on the property that are just all friends, really, that are just doing stuff to make each other's lives better. And so that happens in a lot of different ways. So, yeah. And, and then we also go twice a year or so down to Peru, working with some maestros down there that um, hold powerful ceremonies along this place called the Boiling River, really sacred and magical place. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of an outline of why and how I got involved in all that. In the property name, that's the, is that the Montano Sagrada? Yeah, it's Montano Sagrada. And we're- And what we're does that mean? Mountain, sacred, sacred mountain? mountain? 
Sacred Mountain, yeah. Ah, I don't even, you know, I'm just throwing it out. I'm, I'm... Yeah, you were exactly <laughs> right. I think Marcy, Marcy, she probably has a better handle on it. <laughs> what do you mean, man? <laughs> she, she seems to speak fluent Spanish. Yeah? <laughs> what I've been so far. Yeah, so, what uh, do you mean I seem to speak fluent Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> you know how to roll your R's, my dear. <laughs> what? <laughs> So yeah, so that that place. So how did that place start? I mean, where, where you just you just came together and 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 you knew it was a. I mean, how did you find that place? I guess you'd say and say this is where we need to be. It actually was found on Zillow. <laughs> nice, nice. And then did you build that yurt? Uh, we did build this yurt. Um, it did have a four bedroom house on it already, and it had utilities and things like. So it had a place for us to move into right from the beginning. Um, and then we we built some things, we built infrastructure along some tiny houses and tiny homes and stuff like that along here. And we're, and, and actually we have uh, another yurt and there's another yurt going up very soon as well. So we have, we'll have three yurts here fairly soon. So, so the, 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 it's expanding is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And it actually started as 50 acres. And then our neighbor came to us last year and said, if we would like to sell you, uh, they had a hundred acres and they want to sell 50 of theirs to us. So it was a joining property. And so, it just it actually put back together the parcel land the family that built the house the four bedroom house it put back together their parcel that their family had had for 20 years or so so it was really cool yeah nice uh, and, and how did it come about it well, well my friend chris douglas uh he's been doing working with plant medicines and native american elders for 30 plus years and so he's kind of been on this path no matter who's been around him so I kind of just joined that path about five and a half years ago, and we figured out ways to make this happen. It's actually, my family had a ranch in Texas, and we sold that property and that helped purchase this property in Colorado. Very That's nice. Um, before you were, you were talking about, um, uh, offline, you were talking about a, an, an event that happens um, locally there, I guess, in, in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. In August, we had our... We had a Bitcoiner event on our property, and and you are all welcome uh, to come out in uh, August. Let me check the date here because I brought it up so I know. Uh, August. Oh, I just lost it. Fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. This Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. And it's just it's called the Rocky Mountain Bush Bash. It was the Australian Bitcoiners came up with this term, uh, basically just gathering Bitcoiners together. There's no fees, no charge. Everybody kind of takes care of their own food and lodging. And they went out to a remote place in Australia and just had a kind of a impromptu conference where whoever wanted to stand up and say something or teach something or give a demonstration of anything of how to use a, how to use a wallet, uh, run a miner, anything related to, or even homesteading, things like that are all anything to help you become more sovereign is open game. And so uh, I met the folks that did that in Australia at uh, Bitblock Boom in Austin. And we sat down for two hours talking about it. And then a year later, I reached out and said, hey, I want to do this also. And so we were the first U.S. Bush Bash. But it's it's really cool. It's something I'd like to actually promote and help other people do. It's it's basically hosting a conference without having any of the fees or any of the expenses. And uh, ours is a little different. It's on our property, but uh, it's still a free event. And if you want to remain anonymous, you can come out and remain anonymous. And it's so it's. It's a lot of fun. I think I think there's an important note there because people, uh, you know, I see it all the time. Oh, I want to get into Bitcoin. I want to go work for a Bitcoin company or something. But yeah. you can actually uh, integrate Bitcoin into your own uh, field. 
you know, and I think that's a way to expand the culture. Um, integrating into what you do best um, is one of the one of the greatest ways to do it. Um, and, and I think that's what you're 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 a shining example of something like that. Um, us us locally um, <clears throat> in Phoenix, we 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 have our uh, February seventeenth. We're doing uh, what's called culture shock. It's a value for value um, cultural event. Yeah. Um, we're doing it in downtown Phoenix, um, you know, in kind of a warehouse where we're going to incorporate music uh, with Ooh. food, fun, conversation, all that, but also education. Um, it's a one day event. It starts at 9 a.m. Um, but when we're building this thing, um, it, it's just like you said, it's it's a free event. Um, we're really trying to get a circular economy uh, jump started with that, but also um, tapping into Noster and the value for value movement within Noster. Um, so, you, you know, I think you might be missing uh, the Noster aspect, but we'll get into that later um, yeah, of already, how that works. <laughs> yeah, I've already appreciated the pre-show shaming that I'm not enough on the Noster. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm down for becoming way more involved in Noster. I, I, I haven't, I've been a lot on X and Twitter, whatever it's called. And I really see Noster as the future of all social media. And hey, this is an inspiring event for me to actually become more. Uh, but it's 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 the human network. It's the ecosystem. It's all the people yeah, yeah. working on different projects. Um, that and, and the way that lightning kind of connects all that. But we'll we'll get into that. So, okay. uh, right. build building this bush bash. Um, how did you start doing that? Uh, were, were you just um, uh, a few guys went to a few guys or girls went to a couple meetups and said, hey, you know, we we seem to have three or four meetups regionally. Why don't we all just uh throw throw the uh fishing rod out to each each one and see how many we can reel into the bush bash no it was just me deciding to do it <laughs> isn't that beautiful then, though when you just start something <laughs> i just decided to do it and then just before doing it i've been somewhat involved in the denver bitcoin meetups and i'm more involved now um but at the time i wasn't terribly involved with those folks but I went to one of the larger ones, the uh, Denver Bitcoin and Beer, and they're it's huge, like a thousand members, but they have like 30 to 40 show up. And so I went to the, one of those a few weeks before the event and just announced it and talked to people one on one. And a lot of those, a number of those people came out. We had about 20 people or so for the first one. And I think it'll be much bigger this year. Um, but yeah, it was just me deciding to do it. And then we, we host events, so we know how to do that. So we just... And we said, you know, bring your own food, but then I couldn't help myself. And we set up a big wedding tent with food. We kind of catered it somewhat anyway, because we just couldn't help ourselves. And yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> and also I do run a, I run a meetup that's been a bit of on hiatus out of Colorado Springs as well. Um, so uh, there's that as well. So it's been very small. There's a number of them in Colorado Springs, but I think the more meetups we can have out there, I think it's another huge way to have outreach. And I think as this bull market really picks up steam and they're going to become much more popular. So. so Tom, outside of the Bush Bash, is Montana Sagrada open to visitors? I mean, yeah. it is a hundred acre property. It is a hundred acre property. We do ask that you check in before finding out or coming up to visit. But yeah, <laughs> on the first Saturday of every month, we hold a, a sound healing event uh, with cacao. Actually, it's just hot chocolate and and we're in Colorado. If you want to smoke some cannabis, it's fine too. That's a, a legal thing. And and we have our in our yurt, we have singing bowls and we have lots of ceremonial flutes and drums and gong. We have a huge gong as well. And so we put on a whole it actually becomes kind of a not a laser light show, but a light show. It's kind of a it's a more it's a 
it's a low key ceremony event to actually get to know us, to come out and uh, have an experience, spend the night overnight because we're a long way down the dirt road and we have mattresses and blankets and pillows and everything in our, uh, in our yurt. Uh, so it becomes kind of like a, we'll have a, if it, the weather's nice, we'll have a bonfire beforehand and that's a nice introductory thing. And then at the end of every month in the weekends, we hold ceremonies too. And those can be of various plant medicines. Uh, and so if you're interested in those too, just reach out to us about those as well. So every month we have one or two events that are going on typically. And is it Bitcoiners who typically visit or it's, uh, it's across the board? No, it's actually the Bitcoiners are kind of a new thing. And it's really me through my outreach of trying to reach out to the Bitcoin community to invite them into the space. Um, it was it was really interesting. It, 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 and then you asked earlier, did Bitcoin come first or plant medicine come first? And really the plant medicine came first. And it was during a ceremony where it became very clear to me by whatever means these interactions are that uh, it was something Graham Hancock had said that every world leader should be required to do 10 ayahuasca ceremonies. And and that really struck a heart to me. And, and in the ceremony, it's like, yeah, that's right. Every world leader should have 10 ayahuasca ceremonies, but not these leaders we currently have, because screw these guys, screw all of them. The leaders of the future are the Bitcoiners and are the Nosters, right? And these are the people that I wanted to invite into. If you're interested in ayahuasca, then reach out because we can we can make accommodations for that and help you find this plant and this amazing healing thing and that's really been been my goal. Tom, the term of art is nostriches. Just goes so to I, show that you're not. I'm so offended. No. I'm offended. <laughs> and 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 Walker, Walker is even a friend of mine. So you know, Walker, Charlotte, they would probably beat me up too. Yes. <laughs> nostriches. Can yes, I ask I something? please yeah so would you would you say like Noster community has like a Noster bitcoiners like have an easy like feel like at home with this whole like plant medicine or you think they're more like i, I don't know more skeptical no my experience and i've been to a number of conferences i've talked to lots of people that it's been overwhelmingly enthusiastic interest in it but actually, um, I guess taking the final steps of actually coming out and visiting sometime or, or getting more involved, it's been it's been a slow ramp up. But there's been a lot of people interested, and then a few have come out. And so, um, no, I think the interest is really high, and I think the interest in psychedelics overall is very high. I would psychedelics is kind of a broader class where it can include chemicals along with plants, and I I'm a fan of the plants and not so much the chemicals. Um, Although the plants have chemicals in them, they also, I believe, the plants carry uh, plant spirits with them. And I'm not a woo-woo kind of guy. I'm actually <laughs> super, super rational, and I'm very hard to convince of things uh, that are kind of ethereal. And um, But I have had profound experiences with these spirits. And so the difference between LSD and uh, uh, San Pedro, for instance, is wildly different. Um, the the one has a plant in it, the other is just a chemical made in the chemical lab, and it can give you access to a world, but no guidance. And the plants, they have spirits. They're here to teach us, actually, truly, and um, to, to help wake us up. They've, they've been on our planet longer than us, and we can't live without plants. And they actually are smarter than us, just in a different way. And, um, 
and there's this ability to commune with them by ingesting them that is deeply profound and and not all psychedelic either i just spent a month in um in peru ingesting a tree called ayahuma a sacred plant a plant that's called the cannonball tree also it's often in front of buddhist temples because it's such a sacred tree and so i was drinking a tea made from that that tree and it was it was subtle and deeply profound and, and really meaningful did you know that the first nostaron conference was made in a place called awake here in costa rica and I it's do. like um a center it's a yes. really cool place i looked it up they're having they have an event this month also yes yes it's um not next week the week after the freedom fest yes and i just found out about it so late and i have so much my i i was i'm very tempted to come down for it but um i don't think i can make it this year well they you should come whenever you can because um i'm in costa rica by the way <laughs> I um, and then it's a it's a pretty cool place and they have like bufo ceremonies and it just overall like you get there and is so this is where bitcoin jungle is and it's like yes. literally in the jungle like uvita is the jungle i don't live in the jungle that's the jungle yes and every single bug out there will want to kill you but also Awake is such a peaceful place. You should totally go. <laughs> no, I, I checked it out quite a bit because somebody mentioned it to me, I think like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, God, I, I have so much to do. I don't know if I can make it, but maybe you're inspiring me to come, Marcy. Um, that would be phenomenal. Uh, and I, I've spent two months in Costa Rica back years ago. And that's the one part of Costa Rica I haven't actually explored very much is right where that's located. So that's an enticement as well. Let me know if you're coming. Um, okay. <laughs> You Nostriches are awesome, by the way. I love it. <laughs> Where were we, Avi? <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful Sorry, detour, guys, though. Thank you, Marseille. I loved it. Oh, Marseille. No, no. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Okay. I don't know. Just ask me another question. I can go. Show, point me in a direction <laughs> to go, please. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so Tom, what? What is a is there something like a typical ayahuasca experience, or uh, is it different for every single person? You know what? That's a really good question. Thanks for putting me in that direction. Um, there are some things that will be similar in them, but I would say people's experience are deeply personal and wildly varied. Um, I can say this. Hmm. Let me see. It is definitely an altered state, and it is a state that puts you in contact with a healing spirit. And we often refer to it as feminine, and often as grandmother, because um, like a grandmother, it's it's different than a mother. A grandmother will take you by the hand, and she's not she's a little bit stern. She's like, child, you've gone awry. Come with me. Let me show you. Let me show you something that's going to be important to you. And, and that is often the basis of it. Um, part of the experience is, um, I would say, taking you to the place that needs healing. And, as, and, and healing, we can think of in different ways. We can get cuts and abrasions, broken bones, things like that that need healing. But this type of healing is, um, is, is, is the deep psychosomatic healing, the places in our, our bodies and our beings where we hold trauma primarily 
And as humans, we can't go through life without trauma. It's it happens. It even happens at, at birth quite often. That that can be quite a traumatic, but also a beautiful experience as well. And so, um, when we have a traumatic experience, we'll often hold on to that, and for for good reasons. Particularly if we're young, um, we find a way to defend against that, and then we carry those defenses into adulthood, and those will be stored in our body as stuck energy and actually physical places in our body like there will be places where we are tight and tense and that those places if not tended to can actually form cancer not saying it's the only reason for cancer but it's a thing that can cause cancer in our body by having stuck energy related to trauma and ayahuasca can help illuminate that put a light upon it and show it to you in a new way and you may have to experience parts of that but actually see it from a new new angle and um, it's somatic in nature so that when you're actually going through it, um, there are definitely visions, but there's also bodily sensations. There's often purging, and purging can come in the form of something that looks like throwing up, but it's really ridding the body of those stuck energies. Um, you can even call them, I mean, there's terms that may be triggering for people, <laughs> demonic spirits even, or things from another realm, um, things that aren't of you. They're not in service to your well-being for sure and and getting rid of those is quite useful it may also be sitting in the toilet it may be crying it may be heat it may be cold it could be a lot of things um, and i've certainly experienced all those many times and 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 at the end of everyone the people will say well i don't want to have a challenge one. i want to have an easy one it's like well i don't care i'll have any kind of experience that needs to be served and at the end of every single one I've ever had, I am deeply grateful, deeply, um, yeah, just grateful um, for the chance to be alive, to chance to experience this this life in a new way, and to have an opportunity to clear something and 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 have more access to what we are in this universe and what this universe that we are and how it's all intertwined and and somewhat confusing. <laughs> And how long does one of these experiences last, typically? Typically three or four hours. Yeah, something in that realm. They've gone longer, they've gone shorter, but it's around that, that long. And, and actually, that's, that's a good point. I want to talk a little bit about the plants that make up ayahuasca. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's interesting. There's, there's two plants. Um, one is a vine. It's often called the ayahuasca vine, but it's really Banisteria capi is the scientific name. And... It's a vine that grows in the, the Amazon jungle, and it typically is like two or three inches in diameter. It climbs up trees. It's very woody. It's very hard. Um, and within it are a number of compounds. One of the compounds it has in, is something called an MAOI, which is something we know of scientifically in our society now. It's a monoamine oxidized inhibitor. And that's scientifically what it does is it actually goes into your 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 gut and 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 we have systems in our we have enzymes in our in our gut that protect our brain from being attacked uh, something called the blood brain barrier so if there's a poisonous compound in your body there's these defense mechanisms that keep it out of your brain well sometimes it's not poisonous but it's something that's not sure of so it's going to uh, prevent it from going there so if you eat dmt and dmt is dimethylene tryptamine it's a very common it's actually in all living things 
I believe somebody can double check that, but all living things, including humans, endogenously create DMT. But if you just eat uh, magnolia flowers, for instance, have a, a lot of DMT in them. If you eat that, no effect will be had because the enzymes in your stomach will break them down. The only way for it to actually affect your brain through ingestion is to mix it with an MAOI. And this was discovered over 5,000 years ago, we're not sure exactly how long ago, by the indigenous people of the Amazonian basin in Brazil, Peru, Ecuador, um, Colombia. And uh, they knew to take this vine, mash it up into splinters, take these leaves, put them together in a pot, boil them together. And this is, to this day, the only way that you can ingest DMT and have an experience with it. And people say, well, how did they know that? How did they, how did they figure that out? And the, there's a number of stories. The one I think is most credible is that Mapacho uh, taught them. And Mapacho was one of the first plant medicines. It's a tobacco, but it's a different strain than American tobacco. It's a jungle tobacco. And it's used in all sacred ceremonies in the Amazon. Um, and it's the master plant. And it was the teacher, I believe, of taking these two plants that were not obvious to put together, to put together to create this sacred medicine. There's also harmaline. Oh, and then the leaf actually is, is called chacruna. It's one of the highest um, DMT content plants in the world. And they happen to pick one of the highest DMT content leafy plants in the world to combine it with it. Some tribes will use chalipanga, another high DMT. Uh, and that's usually called yahe, a slightly different plant medicine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite profound. Have there been cases, Tom, of peop, uh, people who've gone through one such experience and have just not been the same, have changed completely, but not necessarily in a positive way, right? So, uh, I mean, you certainly hear the stories of, of, of this happening with LSD, right? Sid Barrett from Pink Floyd is a perfect example, but there's several others. Yeah. Um, does, mm -hmm. uh, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I, I can say this, that when people come to ayahuasca, they come for a reason. They come, it's not a recreational sense. Hey, you know what? I want to go trip balls and experience ayahuasca. That's, if you come with that intention, you'll discover something else instead. Um, and whatever you're coming with, it doesn't fix it for you. And you have all the right to continue living your life as you wish to do so afterwards. And some people may come and let's take um, deep anxiety. You come to ceremony with deep anxiety and, and possibly let's say deep anxiety and depression. You come, you have an experience and you get new information about that and you get some healing from that. But then you go back to your life and you fall into deeper dysfunction as a result of that. I'm not going to say that it's the plant that caused you to do that. You had all the free will to live your life as you wish to. And if you didn't heed to what you were being shown, so be it. I wouldn't say the plant caused it, but you have all the free will in your life to live your life as you choose to. And you can do that with grace. You can do that with um, maturity, or you can do that with great dysfunction. And it's all up to you. Mm -hmm. But what about psychosis, though? Is there a, ch a risk that it causes psychosis? No, there's not. If you if you are already dealing with a deep psychotic brain, a brain that's very fragile, that is um, that's unstable, then it's not the medicine for you. Don't come to it. You you need some other things there. 
And so if, if you're coming with a very delicate schizophrenia, for instance, would be a place where, you know, only with great care would I have, you know, in, encourage somebody with schizophrenia to go into this. But if you're, if you're taking psych meds, you need to stay away from ayahuasca. They can be dangerous. And the, the most dangerous class is the class of drugs known as SSRIs, serotonin, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're the antidepressants, the wellbutrins, the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, Thank you. <laughs> exactly. And the reason they're dangerous is because those class of drugs, um, well... <laughs> They're messing with it's because the serotonin receptor inhibitors means yes. that they inhibit your so serotonin antidepressants normally depression happens because the person is not they they like they lack serotonin so what happens is that you're not making enough in your brain to make you happy so you take antidepressants which uh, block the, the 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 receptors that inhibit that inhibits those receptors so that you can have more. Basically, like, this is a very shitty medical explanation, but that's the easy one. You know what? You did okay. a good job. Yeah. I like it. And, and and then I would also say this caveat that 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 class of drugs are for severe cases and short term relief. The the issue is that our medical system puts people on that class of drugs and people stand on for 10 years to quite disastrous effects. I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not giving medical advice, but I'd say if you're in that boat and you're looking for a better antidepressant, there is one out there, but unfortunately it's not patentable. Therefore the medical system isn't interested in it, but it's called psilocybin, the mushrooms, the magic mushrooms at a microdose is can provide uh, amazing relief without all the horrible side effects of SSRIs. Um, I, am, it, I, I was a patient of SSRIs and then psilocybin microdoses, and I must say that you are right. Thank you. I can oh. confirm that microdose uh, as an antidepressant uh, helped someone in my life uh, that uh, was battling post uh, what uh, after having a baby and had a lot of a lot of depression issues. Sure. That's beautiful. That's really I think beautiful. we call that the underglow. Is that little micro dose? It's just a little underglow every day. Exactly. It's not just not to trip yeah. out, but it's just to bring a brightness. And yeah. Exactly. And and each person figuring out what works best for them. I would also say that to, to add to Marseille's uh, description, the the reason ayahuasca is dangerous with these SSRIs is because there's this uh, blocking of the receptors, and ayahuasca floods the brain with serotonin. And so what happens to the actual brain cells is that they get cooked in serotonin. The way that you can squeeze lime on shrimp and cook them with lime juice, this is what happens with serotonin on your brain. And it's called serotonin syndrome. It's quite, I've never seen it, but it's quite horrific. And we wouldn't want anybody to ever experience that. That would be, that'd be the only danger. And the danger is not necessarily in the ayahuasca, but in the SSRIs. I want some ceviche now. What do you think, Marseille? After I love ceviche, you know, that's my to-go food. <laughs> um, I have a question, though. Um, how long, do you know how long it's recommended for a patient before they, they go, they have like an ayahuasca session after they've uh, been off SSRIs? I, yeah, I, I, I recommend at least two months, three months is better. 
Okay. I would say They're really clear from the system. Yeah. And then if so, if you're if you're progressing with a practitioner, let them know and then they can be cautious in how that and they can help determine that. So I would put it in the hands of the person that's serving to make that determination. What else? Where should we go? Uh, All right, let's, yeah. Transition time to the orange pill, huh, Avi? That's what I was thinking. Uh, uh, So, so, Tom, you've been administering the ayahuasca pill and transforming people, um, visitors to Montaña Sagrada. How about uh, administering the uh, orange pill? Has that been happening? Yeah, actually, that's interesting because you asked the question if everybody here is a Bitcoiner, and um, and that's not been the case actually. Uh, when I was telling my story and, and getting back into Bitcoin and discovering it and stuff, uh, the people around me, my dear friends, they were kind of thought I went a little bit crazy, and I dove in deep. I mean, I really consumed as much Bitcoin material as I could. Spent, you know, I don't know how many hours, but thousands of hours, really going deep because. I had to know for myself. It wasn't for any other reason to really know for myself. And in that process, I don't think you can go through that without wanting to become evangelical about it. I, I that would be incredibly hard to not do. Um, and so I became yeah. very evangelical about Bitcoin to pretty much to the annoyance of all my friends, <laughs> including the ones I live with. And uh, for about two years, they really countered me quite a bit about it all. Um, and and then um, I, I dated a different woman who uh, who was very much a Bitcoin maxi, and I had become very maxi at the time as well. And uh, she spent quite a bit of time here, and I think the two of us combined made it worse. <laughs> but somehow we were just too vocal and too adamant and too gung ho and too seemingly culty about Bitcoin. And so I had to just take a step back from my friends enough from from presenting it to my friends and just saying, I'll let them decide in their own time. Um, out in the world, I would still uh, do the Bitcoin meetup and stuff. And then what really changed was I uh, brought one of my friends, Chris, to uh, to Pacific Bitcoin this year when, when we met the, uh, the third time. And being in Pacific Bitcoin and having him sit in the audience and listen to people, he was blown away, in particular with Eric Kaysen, who is just an awesome Bitcoin maxi. And he really resonated with Eric's message. Uh, Lynn Alden, he said, holy crap, she is brilliant. And the things she's saying just really resonated with him really well. And so I think it was really taking him to that event that made a huge difference. And uh, yeah, it was something else. So it's been a slow process, but in, uh, and, and it took years actually that my friend Chris is on board. Uh, we're going to Madeira actually and and we'll see you and your family there and chris's wife uh angela's coming too and she's has yet to be really orange pilled so i think madeira is going to be a great experience for her for, for learning more about that yeah certainly looking forward to that um tom that is, that is my next conference the first one of the year for me um but speaking of travels beyond that uh or before that yeah, you you have but you, you did say you've visited the jungle recently. Was it um, yeah. a few months ago? Yeah, yeah. I was talking about taking the plant Ayahuma, that cannonball tree, the sacred tree. It's actually something called a dieta, and 
I, I suppose like ayahuasca is an introduction to this world, but the deeper work is actually done in something called dieta, where you're not taking, well, the <laughs> way that I've done it twice now, and some other friends as well, is we go down for a month to the jungle and we uh, live in a little grass hut all by ourselves out in the jungle. And we're, you know, about a half mile from the village or so. Um, in this case, there's four four of our friends out, four friends out there. And we all had our own hut that were, you know, within earshot of, of each other. So, uh, but we really did spend the time by ourselves. Three times a day, they'd bring us food, which consisted of rice and potatoes mostly. Sometimes there'd be cucumbers, twice there was fish. Um, <laughs> and it's a very simple, simple diet. We had an ayahuasca ceremony at the beginning of it and at the end of it. Uh, and then we just drink, for me, I drank this one tree, uh, which was this tree uh, made into a tea. And it would put me into, I drink it at dawn, at around 6 a.m. And it kind of puts you in a bit of a trance, but not a psychedelic one, just kind of a zoning out. But within that zoning out experience, there's this clarity that also comes in. And it's not mind clarity, it's actually clearing of the mind chatter so that this constant voice inside your head that's telling you all the things you need to do or just talking to you about its opinion about everything that actually quiets out and that was magical to have that happen so effortlessly typically it's only through meditation that you can get to those states or just if you're a really chill dude perhaps or chill lady perhaps you can get there but this plant was amazing at, at bringing me to that place and, and giving me new insights so that was it was really beautiful and it was a deep natural experience for me too. I love nature and it was really an immersive experience in the neighborhood of the jungle that I lived in as well. So there was two crocodiles in the creek and lots of beautiful parrots and birds and everything. So it was something else. That's got to be a trip in your, itself. You're chilling in the hut with an earshot of your buddies. <laughs> just you, you are exactly right. It's very hard to of the crocodiles too. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's hard to know what the what the medicine is, and I've always said this to folks: like you're drinking this tree, you're this medicine, and that's that's one form of it. But just being in the jungle by yourself is a whole form of medicine alone. And the jungle is never quiet. It's very very loud all times of day and there's just different characters that own different parts of the, the day the they freaks come out at night they say <laughs> and, and, and the crocodile the, the crocodiles either they're alligators or crocodiles whatever they only came out at night and they were fine they were actually the night watchmen to make sure nobody got out of hand in the jungle and they had their occasional snack i'm sure so yeah not me though that's good yeah i think you have to get a relative you gotta almost have to be peace with your setting before you take any kind of journey like that mentally um peace with your surroundings first <laughs> you're you're quite right it actually takes like three to seven days to 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 shed the buzz of the city and society it's exactly that it's it's like this purging of the buzz of society and it's it's settling into nature but it, there is this like energetic clearing and and then when you come back into civilization it can be quite jarring so you have to take it very carefully and we kind of we maintained the same diet for a month after the jungle too when we got back so just to kind of ease back into society wow yeah that, that's and then we went to, then we went to vegas for unconfiscatable <laughs> <laughs> that was a trip <laughs> yeah so tell me about um what what are you currently doing you got a podcast um what's oh. what's kind of next on what's what's your what's 2024 tom thank you uh 
well, two things, two big things that, and, and podcast is definitely part of it. We currently do have a podcast we broadcast here from Montana Sagrada uh, about once a week called uh, Wide Awake in Babylon. And it's about plant medicines. It's about consciousness. Uh, it's a lot of wisdom from my friend, Chris Douglas. And it's often he and I, and, and any guests that we have, friends that are that are around, we always do it live in person. Uh, we, we broadcast to Facebook, but hey, we're open to Noster, not being so weird in the social media stuff. Um, but then we also broadcast it. We like polish it and put it out on on the various podcast uh, outlets as well. Um, and then I'm I'm launching, and I've been saying this for a while, but I'm actually I'm launching a Bitcoin podcast, uh, hopefully this month, called the Bitcoin Revolution. And it's really uh, there's so many different podcasts out there with our with our the the Wide Awake in Babylon. It's about a three hour podcast. It's very long format. It's very uh, we don't have any planned agenda. We just start talking and it, it goes different places. And so for the Bitcoin revolution, I'd like to interview people one-on-one uh, -on -one for long format conversations about their experiences, their projects, what makes Bitcoin so revolutionary and those things that are the intangibles around it, the amazing things that people are doing with Bitcoin. Because we hear a lot of stories of of people doing stuff, but we don't hear their personal stories so often. And I'd like to get more into those. So that's, that's kind of my intent with it. Marseille, you going to be a guest on that show? No one has invited me to that show. I haven't, I, I've only invited one person to be on it so far. So it's not surprising. So we just met, I but. think Marseille has a beautiful story and does a lot of work in the community. I'd love to hear her perspective in a setting like that, but that's just, that's, that's just so me cool. being that bias. I think we're biased uh, around all of us. Like every time someone asks me about any of them, I'm like, they, they are the best people on earth. You you do whatever they tell you. That's Super awesome. biased. Marseille, you're but on my are. list. You're on my list for sure now. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome, I guess. I don't know. Should I be thankful? I don't know either. We'll, see, we'll find out as we go. <laughs> So, Avi, um, what do we got to do to get Tom more involved in Noster? Uh, 2024, Tom, is just uh, uh, Noster is about to hit the bull run uh, along with, uh, well, it's, it's already kind of trended. But uh, as Bitcoin uh, gets into this cycle, um, I, I truly believe that Noster is going to start its own cycle. Um, what can we do to help Tom out? Well, we'll start with asking Tom why he he hasn't been posting on Nostra, even though he created his npub uh yes. eight or nine months ago uh, I, I i love this this is the shaming part of this the, the podcast that we talked about but just before going live yeah and i like but, it I, I i i'll be as honest as i can be in this because i i really i love like the idea of Nostra, and my experience in Nostra has been kind of like i don't know what's going on i don't know how to interact um I don't know where all my friends are. I don't, I, I feel a little bit lost. I feel, even though I'm not a boomer. You don't have friends. I don't have friends. <laughs> what do you have? It's, tell me the lingo. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, oh. you just like, you don't have specific friends. You don't have friends. You just like go in there and you start seeing people that have good content. You follow them and then that's it. 
okay. you find your peeps. It's definitely more okay, of a go. forum of conversation rather than uh, a post and engage type of thing. Okay. So yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I haven't figured it out. Well, I can the, say this. this. This podcast, this experience has already launched me into a whole new direction that if I don't now, it'll be rather embarrassing for me as a person if I don't become more involved in Master. So I'm obligated to at this point. And did you download uh, Damus? Was it Tom? I think yeah. I remember you saying. Yeah, I've had Damus on my iPhone for uh, quite a, at least eight or nine months now. And then I have it on my laptop because of this event today. Uh, all right, I'll be brave. I'll come over. I'll, I'll figure it out. And I, I, from everything I know about Noster, I, I sincerely believe it will, it will take over large parts of our digital life. And as, as, because right now we're talking about, you know, and, and Damus or whatever, Damus, whatever, but it's, but I think it will take over so many different social media things because of its decentralized nature, because of its, it can't be attacked in a way that Bitcoin coin can't be attacked, that I think its future is extremely bright and that the centralized social media platforms are all doomed in the long run with a long enough timeline. They all are. And I believe that, Noster is going to be that thing that does that. And it's important to note that you own your profile, you own your your keys, you know. Oh, yeah. Um oh, yeah. you know, and you that. can bounce from client to client uh and not lose your profile, not have to re, re you know, start over or be deplatformed um and lose that business or whatever you might have had on it. Um I mean, so that's... it is something that moving forward as uh the ecosystem grows, uh your 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 name is uh is your own. So yeah, I get that. And I believe that. Thing. No, I, I, I've known that from the beginning, and I, I, that's one of the parts I love. One of the things I'd love to see that I'm excited about that they talked about at Costa Rica, I believe, was all the different like things outside of the Twitter-like thing or the, the correct, which is the the Meetup.com, which I use quite a bit. It would be great to have a, the Nostra version of that. Uh, so many other things, so many other so, platforms. Let me give you that an example of the value for value uh, that just happened in Minneapolis, where they did a live stream on Toonster, uh, and 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 plebs were zapping the artists uh, that were performing live. Uh, then you so go weird. over to Fountain. Fountain had the audio going live, where people were boosting that live. Uh, those artists got about 15 million sats total. Uh, just streaming live uh, video, uh, sound, and then just audio only, all through um, in pubs and wallets uh, in this interoperable space uh, that that Lightning can uh, can really unlock. That's that's so amazing, and that's that that's stunning, really. And I have I have a number of friends that are just phenomenal musicians. And they've been struggling trying to find out what's the way forward, you know. And you know, I would start with Wave Lake, um, which okay. they can make their in pub. They can uh, have their wallet set up and uh, and 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 start monetizing. Where you know somewhere like Spotify, they would get zero. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. By the way, I just zapped you twenty-two sats, Tom. Uh, that's generational wealth uh, with the with the right time preference. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So on that note, uh, Tom, uh, I think that's a good point uh, to end this. Yeah. Uh, appreciate you taking the time um, and uh, enlightening us. 
certainly i'm i'm uh, i'm a neophyte when it comes to the topic of plant medicine i and i dare say i don't possess the courage to take the leap just yet maybe one day uh uh but uh but yeah appreciate uh, you uh, teaching us these new things uh and looking for, and i personally am looking forward to meeting you or catching up again i should say yeah. in madero yeah likewise and and i guess I, an invitation also if anybody has questions about it please reach out by through Noster and or whichever way you wish and i'm happy to discuss it further your own personal situations i'm happy to do that and I'm predicting uh, Avi Burra has a uh, yurt in his uh, in his backyard. Twenty twenty five. We'll see. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I, nice. I want to give, give a shout out to Seth. He's our audience member that's been here from the beginning too. Thanks, Seth. Man, you rock. <laughs> Good man. And also uh, Noster um, dot cooking or Zap dot cooking now. Uh, so. Uh, he runs, he, his, his idea is, uh, uh, the cooking, um, where if you want to put up a recipe, uh, and you, you, you add that into the, and onto the site, then, um, you know, you can get zapped on that. So it's, uh, oh, nice. just everything cool. can be recreated with a Noster flare, um, and monetized. Well, and that's, you know, that's what I see. I, uh, that's what I see Bitcoin doing is re-incentivizing the world to this low time preference. But then I see Nostra as an implementation of that to spread this value to value thing that, you know, I, I, maybe Adam Curry, I don't know if he's the originator, but I think he was of that concept. And Nostra is actually the realization of that in a beautiful way. Yeah, you can really start to see how the the, the gear, the gear, the, the cogs are starting to go in motion there uh, and the gears yeah. are working. So. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you very thanks, much, guys. Tom. Thanks for thanks for sharing uh, your time with us, your precious time, um, and uh, thank you for making show number forty two special. Right on, man. You guys rock. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.